Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. This is it. The time has come. Saturday night's all right for fighting. Get in the ring and go the distance with Fight Night with Gareth A. Davies. You're better than that! On Talk Sport. Hi, I'm Gareth A. Davies. You're listening to the Fight Night podcast on Talk Sport. Joining me this week in the studio, Spencer Oliver. We began. The week was big in the news on the two year drug ban for Amir Khan. We heard from Amir Khan. You know, all your life, um, you've been a clean fighter, a fighter that, you know, stands up to being a clean, you know, putting out there as everyone needs to be drug tested. And I've been in a, I've been in a position where I've had a cheat who I fought and he, I could see the difference in when I was fighting him in Lamont Peterson, the pressure he was putting on me. And every time I hit him, he kept coming back stronger. Now, obviously, it's happened to me now. I've been the one on the other end. I've been the one that's been tested positive. Now, the amount that other fighters have had, now, in boxing, it happens a lot now. You've had Conor Ben recently who had a, something in his system, but a huge amount of, uh, uh, you know, uh, drug was in his system. With my system, in, in my system, I had like, you can say, literally a salt grain in a, Olympic-sized swimming pool, like literally nothing, which was then, even Yuka then put a, a statement out saying that it was no benefit, it would not benefit me in the fight, it wasn't going to make me any stronger, and they even said it was done unintentionally. Yeah, yeah, I do remember the statement, they yeah. said it was unintentional, they were, they, 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 the, 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 tr- the trace amounts they found would have not have enhanced your performance. Exactly, so... You know, but, but yeah, they've look, still found you guilty of having it in your system. It, exactly, and it's a in the strict system. Strict liability, isn't it? isn't it? Yes, it yeah. is. And 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 look, do you think they made an example of you though by giving you a two-year ban for it, and maybe have done that because you've retired already? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, maybe just do. It's a it's one point on them, isn't it? Yeah, we'll do that. But they know I was going to fight again. I was never going to fight again. So they probably thought, yeah, let's just um, use them as an example. You called for testing ahead of that fight last February that we were at for for Correct. Sport. Yeah, so you were tested fights. numerous times for that. Yes, I was tested. Well, there was one time we weren't we weren't tested for uh, we were in about um, about two three weeks, and I and I, I remember putting a um, social media post out saying, "Hey guys, I've not been tested yet. It's been a couple of weeks, and quite surprised that mm. not coming to test us, you card or the anti doping." But then they came back. Uh, then obviously it prompted uh, they, them to come and test you yeah exactly so I yeah. prompted them and they came yeah. and obviously then I was being tested regularly so I was the one who wanted to be tested now if I was a cheat 
if I was a fighter who was taking something and trying to hide it, I would never have ever bought that up like, oh, I'm not being tested and this, that, another. You know, so, yeah, I tried to, I mean, look, I look deep down, I think people out there will know that I'm not, I've never been a drug cheat. I wouldn't even be sat here. I mean, look, I was sat in talk sport in the other, in the other room with, with the guys and you can see they tried to grill me. I mean, I picked to be here today. I chose to be here today. They tried to grill me and say, no, you are a cheat. I'm not. I mean, I, I wanted to put my point out. And if I really was a cheat, I would have hid away and no one would have heard about me. Like, to be honest with you, today, it's like, look, it's been two days since it's come out. Um, no one's really talking about it. I've kind of know. But I still, the one or two people who are talking about it, I just wanted to put it clear to them as well. And like I said, I can't hide away and not be seen anywhere or talk about it. Because I've got other things going on in my life. I could be busy with that. But I took time out today just to do this and just to prove my innocence. So the timeline on of it, on it, to clarify, is that... So you were testing the build-up and you were negative. But you were... This was a this was a post-fight test, yeah? That, yes. That, that showed up as with Osterin in it. Yes. Um, what do they do just to... To have the timeline correct, they they notify you and your team, and then you challenge the case with UCAD. Correct. You put your evidence to them, yes. And it's taken them fourteen months 14 to months. come to their decision. Do you think that's a bit long? Very they? long. Yeah, because I, long. I put that to the Boxing Board of Control, and they said, you know, Robert Smith said we need to be quicker about this process. He also said, in your defence to me, that you are. Arguably, over the last 20 years, the most tested boxer in, in British boxing, yeah. given the level you've been fighting at. Yeah, exactly. I have, and, and I was getting tested by WBC doping. I was getting tested by USAD, USADA, uh, UCAN doping, mm. Olympic testing. I was mm. literally getting tested by everyone. And I never ever refused it. I never said, no, I'm not going to do it. I always said, no problem. I, I used to pay at my own pocket. I remember it was about $50,000 just to put testing in the mm. fights. Mm. I mean... Because you didn't want to be up against someone that might have been cheating. Exactly. After the Lamont Peterson, it just changed everything up for me. And um, and also, um, Gareth, I want to say one more thing. Like, you know, if you look at body shapes, you know, okay, if you're taking supplements, if you're taking drugs, it's going to make you look stronger, make you train harder, mm. and it's going to make you look better. Now, the body shape I had in that fight against Kyle Brook, I, I was nowhere near like I was back when I was at my peak. Really, I should have had, I think it's the probably the worst I've ever looked in a fight because <laughs> um, performance-wise and look-wise because, you know, the muscle, muscles weren't there. You could see that I looked a bit flat even, you know, and, and you could see the age as well kind of caught up. What are you going to do from here? Obviously, you, you're going to say, look... Um it is what it is. They've made an example of me. I've had something in my system. I'm not a cheat. Yeah. Um, is there anything more you can do? I don't know. Um, so this is normally a question I'll probably ask you, like, what could I do, Gareth? Because, look, you've been around a long time, you know, and, and you've been a friend as well, uh, and you are a friend. And, you know, so when you... I want to make my name clean. And what is that, what is that I could do that could, you know... Prove my innocence. Well, I think you know the the is is to keep the 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 veracity of what you could have said, which is they think you've done it unintentionally, or it's in your body rather than you have done it. It's mm. in your body unintentionally. Mm. That, um, as you say, 
they've also said in their report the traces were not of the the amount that would affect your performance in a exactly. in a positive way. Um, I think the, you keep doing the message that you've been doing, which is this can happen to anyone. Yeah, and you and have to be what careful really... what supplements you take as well, because that's clearly your defence is in this. I've taken something yeah. that's had something in it, and there are there are cases of traces of things being in supplements. No, hundred percent there is, and obviously. Um, I don't want to say this, but I'll say it to you. Um, you know, with um, obviously changing camps, going with the new team, getting a new nutritionist on board, getting a new dietitian on board, getting new, getting new supplements I've never taken before from the dietitian. So sometimes the change you don't know could have been contaminated. But you brought but all that evidence. I bought. I bought. Do, do they have all the labels and and the numbers of all the numbers? A lot of them we did have the numbers and mm. but we had the name of the company. Because if you keep the, the serial yeah. numbers, that's what that? they want us so to. That's maybe, what they want. That's what they want. Yeah, the serial numbers. That's what I but, say. Us, <laughs> you yeah. in the sport to do. But now I think it's come to a stage where maybe this is a wake up call, not only for uh, me but for other fighters. That mm. guys, whatever you're taking, they're in a training camp. Keep the keep the receipts. Keep the uh, serial numbers of these vitamins you're taking. I think it's so important. Do you not think? Because if I had done that, if yeah. I'd known about it, because they can go back to the batch. That's the point. The batch, and then test exactly. The batch, and then every you can batch prove is different. Every batch is different. Could be different. Mm. You know what I mean? You mm. never know. Someone might be in one. So I think this is. So what? What you when you, the question you asked me is that what? What am I gonna do from here? Maybe I can build build this awareness of maybe people keeping their batch numbers, people making sure that what supplements they're taking, well, keeping all of the numbers. Everything knowing that everything that goes into your body. But at the same that. time, Gareth, as you know, boxing, when we're in the sport, when we've got training camp, we've got every, we're too tired, or too hard to do that. Then you no, but like the team you, should be the doing The team, it. exactly, yeah. Then yeah. you get a team on board just to yeah. do all that, you know what I mean? Yeah, 100%. So, but there's some fighters out there who are still decent, but they're not making that kind of money that they can't afford to have mm. a team. Then they're gonna think, oh, forget it. I'll be fine. I'll be fine. But you just don't know. Well, Robert Smith, uh, General Secretary of the Boxing Board of Control, joined me earlier in the week to speak about the situation with Amicon and others like Conor Ben and the general state of British boxing and even global boxing at the moment. I'm exceptionally surprised because of maybe of all the boxers in this country, he's been tested more than anybody else. Yeah. You know, from his amateur days as a 17-year-old, and he fought for British, he fought for championships relatively quickly, Commonwealth title very relatively quickly. So he was tested, you know, on a, on a regular basis. And this is the first time there's ever been an issue. So I don't, you know, that's one of those things. But you know, he has retired. Um, the decision, you know, if he would have won, then there would be a no contest. But he didn't win, uh, so that shouldn't change anything with regard to that. Uh, if anybody wants to. A complaint in against him as a promoter, they can do. We've never had that before, um, but it's very disappointing and and and, and, and surprising. But and and, the, and to be fair to you, Gareth, you know as well as I do, as we discuss on a regular basis, we're going through a bit of a tough time at the moment, which is disappointing because ultimately this is a good sport, but we keep shooting ourselves in the foot all the time, and it's very difficult to deal with individuals just looking after themselves and sometimes not looking after the sport. But are you able to flesh out why it takes 14 months? Yeah, I'm going to have to speak to... We're going to have to speak to the UK. But obviously, there is due process. Um, 
and obviously evidence have to have to go forward. As I say, we're not part of that. But are they allowed three months to four months to give evidence? They give, they it... give, they, they give a period of time to give evidence, etc. Do you know what that is or not? Uh, no, I've got it written down somewhere about three or four months, whatever. But uh, but then obviously that once they send that evidence, you it has to be looked into, which obviously adds time, etc. Um, so, but it does take too long. I, I'm, I'm the first to admit, and there's nobody more frustrated than I am. I can promise you that. Uh, it does take too long, and we're going to have to deal with that. So in that period, let's say, in that period from late February last year, I, was, I, I mean, I was at the event, of course. Um, from that period last February to now, if Amir Khan had wanted a box, would he have not been able to? But we didn't know the result after the fight, did we? So we were only... Only notified there was a possible uh, there was a charge in about April sometime. So, no. so but after April, would you? Oh no, no, no. He would have been there. Would have there would have been a provisional suspension of it. There would have been a right. Okay, that's good to know. Yeah, um, yeah. so when Connor Ben sees something like that, given that they found is that a loophole, they're just going to go to another authority. They're using the WBC exoneration as their uh, kind of pathway to move on which doesn't seem ethically right. So when someone like Conor Ben sees that, presumably his licence would have been suspended as well had he wanted to box in the UK uh, from October onwards last year. He Provisionally, his would have been suspended. Well, don't, don't forget, um, Khan is a UCAD test. Um, Ben was a VADA test, so we'd have to make a decision whether he wanted to, if he wanted the box in the meantime, what to do. But when you get, we had two positive tests, so therefore, fairly confident he wouldn't have been able to box. No. Yeah. So, but also, as 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 was pointed out recently by by Adam Catterall on and Nick Pete on on the fight disciples, to give them fairness in the boxing board of control rules, you you can draw on other tests. It's not a yes. Yeah, we we have a in we changed the rules recently with regard to any anti-doping. When, when were they changed? Um, beginning of February 2022. Right. Okay. So, yeah. so it was already in place. Yeah. So, so it was. It was. A, it was done immediately to be ratified yeah. by the AGM in June or July. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. it was a notification went out to all license holders. So it was within the period. Yeah. So, so, so is it understandable then, under strict liability, perhaps why Conor Ben is, if he feels innocent. And he and he and he says he's innocent. Not feels if he says he's innocent, um, but there isn't any clear pathway to exonerating himself completely or getting cleared by by UCAD. Then he's probably looking at a two year suspension, which is which which, which certainly from where I see here, that 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 would be the big fear for his career right now. Anything I can say, Jeremy. We there's no, there's been no evidence sent. So how how can you make a decision with regard to that until you see what the reasons are? Yeah. Um, yeah. Other than the fact they've said I'm innocent, which is great, I'm sure you hopefully I believe he he, must, he believes he is, or in, any individual, not just Connor. But you know, until you see the evidence, how can you speculate what's going to happen? I don't know. From British boxers to Irish boxers, and of course, Katie Taylor is just that, an Irish boxing legend. She fights for the super lightweight title, the weight division above her undisputed lightweight status on May the 20th in Dublin against Chantelle Cameron. This is what Katie had to tell me. 
It would have been amazing if it was Croke Park. That's it. That is our most iconic arena. 80,000 80, people would have been absolutely, um, that's a spectacle right there. But I'm just delighted that the homecoming fight is happening. And I, I don't really let my mental space, I can't let those things occupy my, my mental space really. I have a, I have a huge fight to prepare for. And, um, and so I'm just completely focused on the, on the fight itself. And I have a chance to, to fight at home for the first time in my professional career. Um, this is, is going to be an amazing night for me. And uh, it's just business as usual, I guess. Is it deep in your soul, that walk to the ring and that week around Dublin? Is it going to be deep in your soul? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I think uh, this is this is all I ever wanted, really. Yeah, ever since I, I turned pro, I wanted to fight at home for, for many, many years. And now I have the chance to actually do that. Um, it the atmosphere I know is going to be absolutely electric. Every now and then, I do think about the ring walk and, and the atmosphere and what it's going to be like to actually, uh, step out and actually see um so many people there. Uh, it's going to be uh one of the biggest nights of my career, if not the biggest night. Have you ever been to an event? I've been to um UFC events with Conor McGregor, yes, Bellator events with yeah. James Gallagher and Peter Queeley and these guys and Kiefer Crosby and. You know all the the great Dublin MMA yeah, yeah. guys, and it is just unbelievable. Have you seen any events there or not? I have actually. I've been to quite a uh, quite a few events there. Uh, I went to I went to see Conor McGregor myself there uh, one evening. I went to a few concerts the concerts there before as well. Uh, so I I am very very familiar with with the Tree Arena. It's a great place, a great atmosphere, and uh, yeah. I think the the acoustics there may match. You and Tasha Jonas at the Olympics, way yeah, yeah. because it's yeah. got that peculiar. The ring is going to be close. It's almost like the theatre at Madison Square Garden, isn't it? That's where, right, yeah. where, 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 where the ring is going to be backed up right against and you get the noise bouncing yeah. from that yeah. huge kind of stand, if you like. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, it's gonna. The atmosphere is going to be amazing, and uh, any any event I ever ever was, any event I was there at was a. Uh, and even the Conor McGregor event, for example, the atmosphere even that night was was absolutely insane. So um, yeah, it's gonna be huge. Now tell me about the fight. I mean, many of us are saying, obviously, we want to come and witness you at Croke Park, hopefully in September against Amanda Serrano. But it's a big risk. We're all feeling not a big risk, but it's a big challenge going back up to 140 pounds against Chantal, who's a small tank of a fighter isn't she she's a a bullocking aggressive fighter yeah. um talk to talk to me about going yay to that one and 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 not even thinking about how it may scupper croke park or it may not i don't know but i mean you took the challenge seemingly without an even a thought yeah i think i've this a fighter i've actually wanted for a long time now um um, once we heard that Serrano was out, uh, the next biggest challenge there was Chantal Cameron, and she was the obvious choice. Um, I don't, I we could have uh, picked an easier route for for my homecoming fight, a mandatory challenger, for example, but, um, but that's not what I'm about. I just want, I want to be involved in the biggest fights possible, and this is a uh, one of the biggest fights in boxing right now, I believe. Undisputed champion versus undisputed champion. This is absolutely huge. I have a chance to become a two weight undisputed champion and. Um, these are the kind of challenges that I absolutely love. Do you think it's going to be a war, you and her? I can't see anything different, frankly. Yeah, it's definitely, she definitely has a style to make this another uh, epic fight, that's for sure. It could be another fight of year contender. Um, 
so yeah, I guess we'll we'll see what happens, but I gotta be ready for whatever comes my way. <laughs> um, we both mentioned Conor McGregor in this interview so far. He said some wonderful things about you. I mean, Connor's like, you know, the brashest man in Ireland at times, isn't he? With the way he is and all those things and his rise. And, you know, I, I mean, I've been around him many times. And uh, um, how, how pleasing was it for you that he wanted the things he said, first of all, and that he wanted to try and be involved in getting you to Croke Park, if that is true with the background? And I think Eddie Hearns even said, he has met Connor, and Connor mm. is serious about helping him. Connor seems in a really good frame of mind at the moment, I think, and he's back to wanting to fight again, be in the gym, and it feels like the old Connor's back. Is it nice to have that kind of allegiance with a with a? He's the other side of the spectrum to you in lots of ways, yeah. you know, yeah. as he is publicly. Yeah, but he's a big figure in the Irish combat world, isn't he? Yeah, he's obviously a, a huge figure. Uh, what he's done uh, for for himself um has been absolutely remarkable. Um, a great athlete, and um uh, and a brilliant business businessman as well. Um, he's done for, absolutely amazing for himself. So yeah, it's always great to hear obviously nice things about yourself and to to hear those compliments and those uh those words from Connor is always very very nice and uh for him to even want to get involved and to, to help this fight get over the line at Crow Park was he didn't have to do that. That was very, very nice of him. Um unfortunately it wasn't that it wasn't to be this time around, but uh, regardless uh the support from uh from uh, you know, my fellow but my fellow uh, countryman is always uh, amazing. Do you think we're gonna get Croke Park in September? Is it are the soundings good for that? I have no idea to be, to be quite honest, Garrett, but I, I hope so. Um that the hope is is to have a big fight in Crow Park. Like you said, eighty thousand people would be absolutely huge. Uh, and it, it is our most iconic arena back home, so so much history involved in that arena. It would be amazing to fight there. So I, I am still very, very hopeful about that, but um yeah, we'll we'll see what happens, I suppose. Fresh of his victory on the undercard of Anthony Joshua Jermaine Franklin last weekend, Fabio Wardley, or should I call him Maximus Fabio Gladiator Wardley, who'd had a couple. It was bank holiday, he's just won, he'd been to Rome, we talked about the Colosseum, we talked about Fraser Clark, we talked about the future. Something that we've wanted from myself anyway is to start fast, start early, start quick, start fast, and I think we did in that fight. The winner by TKO and the new WBA Continental Heavyweight Champion, Fabio I'm still undefeated, I've still got belts, I'm still ready to go. I'm fresh, I'm happy. Did you feel last weekend that you did want to go on a little more? I mean, a barrage of punches on the ropes. Kofi was uh, very unhappy about the stoppage, but I think you were starting to make inroads into him, weren't you? Yeah, the, like, he was a very tricky opponent. He had, he, he varied his styles up a lot. He, he switched stances, his angles, the way he looked. 
So there was a few moments, few things you had to figure out. Um, but by the third, fourth round, I'd pretty much figured I'd got the answer that I'd wanted and I was ready to go. Um, obviously, with the barrage of punches that I threw in the fourth, finished the fight. Were they premature? Potentially. But he didn't throw back after a number of punches, so the ref was well within his rights to stop the fight. But I feel like maybe maybe he slightly stole me from a kind of highlight reel knockout. Can I can I just say happy Easter to you, right? You too? Because I think you might have had a little bit of celebration today. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I have. Have you yes, been on the beach? Have, have you been sunning yourself on the beach? Where have you been today? Uh, no, I've I've literally just got back from Rome. Oh, fantastic! Nice. Did nice. you visit Rome, the ancient city, my up. warrior? Did you visit from visit the ancient city? I did. I took so many uh, pictures. I vi- I visited all the ancient sites and everything. It was. It's been a dream of mine to go there, watch, have a look, see everything. So um, I've been I've been blessed and really thankful to be able to do that over the past few days. As you stared at the Colosseum and you walked the steps, were you listening to the soundtrack of Gladiator? <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't. But I I got to. A you high felt it. I've just, you I've felt just, it. I've just I seen got... this. I've just pictured the scene yeah, now. Me yeah. Too, me too. <laughs> Yeah, brilliant. Wardley in the shadow of the Colosseum I, of Rome. Um, I just view. I I kind of envisioned what it would be like to, like of the us as boxers, we call ourselves modern day gladiators. So, I envisioned what it would be like to be there with thousands of obviously fans, supporters, however, and and whatever else. And um, weapon of was, choice. What would have been your weapon of choice? Um, what would have Probably, probably something still simple. The gladius sword, yeah, it nice. would have been something nice. simple, short, sharp, precise, quick, something maneuverable. <laughs> Same as my boxing star, really. Yeah, killer yeah. instinct, killer instinct. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, Fabio, you are going absolutely superb at the moment. Sixteen and 0, 15 KOs. You picked up the British title in a fight that would many considered a fifty-fifty against Nathan Gorman. You went out there and you dispatched him in the third round. I mean, what's the roadmap for you, Fabio? How's that look for the next sort of 12 months? Who do you see? Because there's a nice... It's looking very healthy at the moment. The heavyweight division at the moment, you've got some good fighters coming through. You know, we've got great fighters on the world stage, but there's a good few fighters coming through, uh, you know, at your sort of stage now, and there's some good fights to be had out there. What's your roadmap looking like? That's the thing. Uh, I think the right word is healthy. There's Mm. so much going on. There's... I've got the domestic level. So, obviously, I hold the British title at the moment. So, I could fight the likes of Fraser Clark, he Simon Davis, David Adelaide, yeah. those kind of people to defend the British outright. I also have the option of going down the European. I could do the European, the Commonwealth, something like that. Obviously, in my most recent fight of the weekend, I felt for the WBA Continental, which will put me in the rankings high up there. So if I wanted to be more direct, I could follow that route. Um, so I'm I'm in an extremely fortunate position, to be honest. You really, you because really I are. I hold all the cards. I'm the I'm I can choose which and when I want to do. I mean, you've sort of come out of nowhere, really, Fabio. You didn't have an extent, extensive amateur career. I think you just had was it a white collar back um, boxing background that you had? 
Did you have any amateurs at all? Four, so I started. So I first first ever laced up a pair of gloves when I was twenty years old, and uh, I had four white collar fights. Brilliant, absolutely incredible. So you are still very much learning on the job, you know. And um, we've seen them improvements, fight by fight. You're, you're improving all the time, like you say. You you see the opportunity, you take it, and you go for it. If you go down that European route, that automatically mm. puts you in world's top ten with all the governing bodies, doesn't it? So that's taking you up to another to, an, to another level. Do you feel that? Maybe defending that British title and keeping that Longsdale belt, maybe the route to go. Because, like you say, the, the names you've mentioned there, there's some sexy fights out there for you. <laughs> yeah, I think, again, that's the right word for it. They're sexy. Absolutely. They're attractive. They're the ones the, the fans want to see. Because the thing is, European, Commonwealth, international, UK fans are not particularly aware of said opponents. So, like Michael Coffey, for example, mm-hmm. not too many people know who he is, but everyone knows who David Adlai is. They know who Fraser Clark is. They know who Solomon Dakis is. So, mm-hmm. what that means is the the build towards the fights, the the pickup, the atmosphere towards of it. There's a lot more to it. So, it helps so much in building those fights and creating those kind of almost kind of frotch groves kind of aspects to a fight of two international sorry two british fighters getting it on for a great belt yeah i completely agree i mean and obviously fraser clark you heard his voice there he was a part of our commentary team last weekend when you were fighting he's really impressed with you um you know you've you've snuck in at number 14 now in the wba of course so you you're starting that climb when you 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 so rightly say it because you know, I had the privilege of um, half an hour with uh, on the phone with uh, George Foreman last week. And mm. when you think back to all the great heavyweight fights, it's different to all other boxing. Heavyweight fights are about thrills and spills and mm-hmm. knockouts. And what that's what I love about what you're saying, is that you want to have spectacular fights where there is action. You're all 17, 18 stone men really going at each other. And I've got to be honest, it is so thrilling mm-hmm. to be there. Even when you miss, we fall out of our seats. Do you think, obviously, without you being over, overly critical of Anthony Joshua, when you watch Anthony Joshua... He's a very... We were talking about him just now. He's very different to what he was between 2015 and 2018. I don't know if it's the money. I don't know if the the level of opponent is what changes things. Do you... All envis- the losses on his record. All the losses. Do you envisage always having this thrilling style you've got? 1,000%. 1,000%. Because... Boxing is an entertainment sport. Yeah. Like, I, I was just in Rome. We are modern-day gladiators. We mm-hmm. are here for the fans. I want the entertaining. I want the entertaining fights. It was funny because after my most recent fight with Michael Coffey, I was almost in this change of room, slightly disappointed, mm. and my team was confused. They didn't know why, and I said, I said because it wasn't like. 
the Nathan Gorman fight. It wasn't mm. that back and forth. There wasn't blood. There wasn't. There wasn't ups. There wasn't downs. There wasn't them moments. No, he was and tricky. Yeah, he was tricky. He was tricky. He was. But to be fair, you was just turning the screw, wasn't you? You was just working, mate. I mean, you showed for you know for a guy that's you know had like sixteen fights. You showed great maturity. Timing was brilliant, and you just started turning the screw, stepping it up, and that's probably why he was disappointed because the referee stopped it. But it was only ever going to go one way anyway, wasn't it? Yeah, that's the thing. It was only going one way. But I live for those spectacles. I live for the thrill of the Nathan Gorman fight. Afterwards, the the, the thousands of people talking about it and saying how great it was and how much they enjoyed to watch it and how much of a thrill it was, how much of an up and down it was. That's, that's and them are the moments that I live for. So, yes, 1,000%. They're the ones I want to have. So whether they're with the likes of Fraser Clark, Solomon Dakers, uh, David Adelaide, however, then they're the fights I want to be in. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Well, from Fabio Wardley, we were joined by Chris Billum-Smith, who's got his own gladiatorial things going on on the coast in Bournemouth at Bournemouth Football Club on May the 27th when he challenges former stablemate Lawrence Acoli for the WBO Cruiserweight title. Chris was a gentleman, as always. I know what Chris Bunsmith's made of, and I think the size, the stature, the physicality, and that's when Chris is going to come on strong. Bill Smith, the busy of the two, and the more accurate here, and this could be He's a telling attack. Right hook, oh, we've got no red hook, he's going to go! Chris, Bill Smith produces a 
quite sensational finish. I'm fully fit and ready. There'll be no excuses. He's a funny lad, but got someone I want, and it's uh, and it's business. Yourself and Lawrence Acoli uh, trained together in the same gym for a long period, a couple of years, I believe, and. You are now going to face each other in the ring. You're challenging for the WBO Cruiserweight title that he holds. A weird kind of embrace I saw you have at the press conference this week. I, I thought he was being psychologically tactical, first of all. But when you after you'd embraced, you kind of looked like, hmm, I'm not sure about that. Well, what happened? Yeah, he, uh, <laughs> he, he tried to play it cool and uh, look, look, tried to turn away, and I went, "What? No hugs, Lawrence?" <laughs> uh, and then uh, he turned and, and gave me gave me a hug, uh, and I said, "Let's get the hugging out of the way now." Um, so there's none of it in the fight, hopefully. I mean, Chris, your old gym mates, you've sparred together a lot. I mean, how is it? What's the word I'm looking for? Weird, you know. Now you're fighting him because you, were, like I say, your old gym mates, you were your friends. Um, yeah, how how weird is it that you are now challenging him for that world title, or is it just strictly business? It, look, it's 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 definitely different than uh, any other fight I've had because I've never had to fight someone who's been in my gym before, amateur or pro. Um, but yeah, no, it's definitely different. But at the same time, it is business. But it really excites me the whole the whole story of it all. Um, but also going in there with someone I know. And, uh, you know, I've always rated Lawrence ever since the amateurs. I knew how awkward he was and effective he is. Um, I'm not one of these opponents to try to talk him down and say he's rubbish because I know, he, you know, he's never looked even close to getting beat. So um, it's going to be a very satisfying win. I'll come to Styles making fights in a minute, but I remember interviewing you. It's probably, if I'm honest, I think Lawrence has been gone six or seven months and probably maybe just under a year ago. And we were talking about the brilliant British cruiserweight scene with yourself, with Richard Riakpo, with Lawrence, who was world champion, WBO champion already. And you said, you know, I might struggle to fight Lawrence because we do know each other so well. And for the uninitiated listening to this in their cars or wherever they are tonight, having a beer outside or whatever they're doing, um, it, it, it is a peculiar thing to... to 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 psychologically compartmentalise, I imagine, actually going into a fight. With, and I know how clever Shane McGuigan is on these kind of things. Psycholo psychologically compartmentalise between the man you know and the man you're fighting and, and, and arguably all those rounds that you've danced together in the gym because presumably, without hurting each other, you've boxed quite a few rounds together. Yeah, for sure. You know, we've done hundreds of rounds together. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, we we feel like we know Lawrence inside out. And Lawrence hasn't showed many different styles through his um sort of through his career. So you 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 know, what you see is what you get, which is a very, very effective fighter, hard punching, um, you know, and he is world class and he's proven that. He's beaten um previous world champions and he's never like I said earlier, he's never looked like losing. Without giving away, as you guys don't do, the, your, your, the sparring sessions count for something between both of you, but um, it's often seen as anathema that it shouldn't be done to, to talk about, you know, little sections of sparring or people release videos. But I'm assuming that, and we think this is a fantastic fight, by the way. It's very, Great very fight. exciting. You're at home, you're at Bournemouth. You know, you've got the whole of the crowd behind you. We're going to be on the beach in the afternoon. And we're going to be walking to the ground. I'm going to be down on, um, what's it called? What's the expensive bit? 
Not, not sandbags. sandbags I'll, be, yeah. I'll be down on sandbags <laughs> having my coffees and tequilas in the afternoon. <laughs> and then we, 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 I'll, I'll be walking with all the travelling fans and getting on our taxis and whatever and coming there. You must have worked out already, having accepted this, you, yourself and Shane, that you can undo this guy. Yeah, for sure. You know, we we called for the fight before we asked Boxer about it, The you know, the week before Lawrence's uh, last fight um, because it was coming difficult to get a world champion. Um, and then obviously they offered it to Lawrence, I think, on the, the Monday. So And he obviously went on Sky Sports and spoke and said, that I'm willing to take that. Um, so there, there we were. Um, I saw an interview with, he did with John Denon saying all these guys are umming and ahhing. And that was sort of the last line of the, the uh, article. And I said, look, no, I'm in an iron for me, mate. Let's, let's do this. Um, I'm, I'm ready to go. So, um, yeah, you know, we, we wouldn't take the fight if we fought Lawrence, you know, wasn't beatable. Um, and as, as difficult as he is to beat, you know, I believe I'm the man to do it. Chris, you really put um, Bournemouth back on the map with boxing. You know, I've been down there a couple of times last year. Incredible atmospheres in there. It's like going back. It's like old school boxing. It's like going back it's to the eighties. So it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Bournemouth fight towns. Yeah, it's incredible. And um, yeah, you've really sort of captured the imagination of the fans down there. How important is home advantage to you here? The Vitality Stadium, fifteen thousand seats. I think they've sold half of those already, haven't they? As soon as they went on sale. I mean. How important is that going to be for you and how how emotional is that going to be? I mean, you used to go to the ground as a kid, you know, dreaming of maybe playing there one day. You didn't you didn't play football. You took up boxing and now you're boxing there. That's insane. Yeah, it's uh, it really is a crazy story. And it's sort of, you know, when I'm chilled out on a Saturday night like now, I can appreciate it for what it is. But when uh, when I'm in training and, uh, you know, and it's it's all about just the fight. But yeah, it's a, a crazy story and a, an absolute dream come true for me um, to to win a world title at the stadium. And I think most of that comes down to the fans, them turning out for me last summer. Uh, but not just turning up, but creating that unbelievable atmosphere that you you got to experience. And um, they did it again in December against a guy that not even people in boxing had heard of. No disrespect to him, but people hadn't heard of Jojai before I boxed him um, and they still turned out again for me and it just produced an unbelievable atmosphere and mm. once again the tickets have gone on sale and they're, they're flying out so uh, I'm over the moon and very very grateful and thankful to the fans because you know as much as it's me you know say, saying that I'm putting the, the town on the boxing map uh, it's the fans turning up time and time again uh, for me and uh, yeah I'm very grateful for that. Well a Coley's a lot easier to spell than Jojai that's got two X's and a <laughs> J in it at the end so because um, I remember trying to tap that name out a few times and I was having to look it up and copy and paste it um, but you copied and pasted him how do you how do you I call I mean Lawrence I've known a long time you know we've known you a significant period of time you're a friend of the show um, the, how do you I call his style smash and grab Mm. We saw a lot more grab than we did smash against David Light as well. If I can it was use a, my, it was a below copy. par performance. It was, it, but, it was. But 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 hang on, hang on. David Light was a durable man who'd been undefeated and believed in himself. Chris believes in himself even more, and he knows about Lawrence. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because the more you know someone, the more you know about them. You know about you know about their strengths, but you know about their weaknesses, Chris. And yeah. I just wonder. Obviously, without giving the game plan away, is there a way that you can 
push someone off who's trying to grab all the time. Because Lawrence has got that horrible style. I mean, poor old Johnny Nelson, who was a world cruiserweight champion for 13 defences over, I think it was seven years, who had the title before that last Akoli light fight of the stinkiest fighter in Britain. I've laughed with Johnny over this in the last <laughs> couple of weeks. And Johnny said to Mike Goodall, who does puts the rings together, yeah. what did you think of Lawrence's performance? He said, well, Johnny used to stink the gaff out, but not as bad <laughs> as Akoli did against Light that night. Now, how can you... That it's it's a very effective, like you just said, it's a very effective style. But how do you can you push that kind of guy off? Is there a way of doing that to get inside yourself? Because you're very vicious on the inside as well. Yeah, for sure. You know, the, obviously, I work very well on the inside, but um, Lawrence is really strong on the inside as well. And you know, um, I think he's going to be a lot better than he was the other night. But also, I think he's going to want to work more than the other night because of the the backlash he got. You know, he, he is all about winning, but at the end of the day, this has been uh, um, a few performances like that now. So I think he's going to want to engage more, which excites me. And it really, I hopefully, it, you know, it should excite the fans as well because this is an opportunity for Lawrence as much as it is for me. He's not, you know, he didn't sell that many tickets last time out. And mm. then people are, are saying that they're not going to come and watch this show, even though, the, you know, people are commenting that watched his last performance saying, I don't want to watch this. And I'm replying saying, look, it's not going to be an Akoli fight. It's going to be a, be a CVS fight. And uh, yeah. that's, that's the plan. You know, I've got to work and do what I do well. Yes, he's strong on the inside, but it's about using my feet and using my brain and not letting him tie me up um, and, and, getting getting the shots off because Lawrence has never been hit that clean in his career and he doesn't get hit often at all. He never gets hit with two shots in a row. Um so for me it's about getting in position, getting my uh getting my shots off and keep landing clean and keep um keep doing damage. Yeah, it's all about you taking control, isn't it, Chris? You setting the pace and you doing you know, letting him think about what you're doing as opposed to you thinking about what he's doing. I mean Paint the scene for us here, Chris. What's the atmosphere going to be like on the night when you do that ring walk? And what can we expect from your performance? 27th of May, that is, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's going to be it's going to be some night for sure. I'm praying the weather holds out, but I know for a fact whether it's raining or it's or it's you know or it's dry that the crowd will be absolutely buzzing and they'll be tearing the roof off the vitality. Um, you know, Bournemouth got a good win today as well. So spirits are high. Hopefully we can keep that going towards the end of the season. Hopefully we're even safe and we're out of relegation battle by the end, by the 27th of May. Um, so yeah, then yeah, I know the crowd are going to turn up and they're going to make noise like they always do. Um, and they're just, yeah, like I said earlier, just so fantastic. And I cannot wait for that ring walk. Are you enjoying the Easter Bank holiday or are you already in camp? Oh, no, I've been in camp since the uh, beginning of the year, to be honest, on, wow. on and off, bar wow. a few days here and there. Um, uh, did a run this morning. Um, so, yeah, I've got training tomorrow night. Um, so yeah, it's, uh, it's all go for me. There's not many days off. I come home at the weekends to spend some time with my wife and my son uh, for about 48 hours. Uh, so yeah, no, no bank holidays for us. And, uh, yeah, I'll, but I'll be, uh, I'll, I'll be enjoying the, the end of May bank holiday on the Monday. I'll be, uh, 
rugby world champion and be enjoying that one. Yeah, it's a real tough commitment for you, Chris, isn't it? Like, you come up to London, you sort of, like, you're here for, you know, you go home for two days a week, you, you've just had a, a new baby, and it must be very difficult that you have, you put a lot of commitment in. Does that give you the extra drive? Yeah, for sure. You know, um, I have to video call home once or twice a day uh, to see, see my little man, and, uh, yeah, he's huge inspiration for me. You know, he, he was born... 10 weeks before the Isaac Chamberlain fight. So he's 10 and a half months old now, but um, yeah, he drives me massively and I love coming home at the weekends. Um, and he, you know, he, he soon keeps me grounded if, I, if I'm getting too, too hyped up or anything with, you know, Brilliant. stadium appearances and that because I'm changing nappies as soon as I walk in the door. Um, but no, he's uh, no, yeah, a huge motivation for me. Well, from Bournemouth to Tokyo, where he was with one of his fighters on a top rank show, president of the company, top rank company, Bob Arum's huge promotional outfit. Todd DeBuff joined us to discuss Devin Haney, Vasil Lomachenko, uh, Shaka Stevenson, Josh Taylor, the next episode, I'd like to say, in the life and fighting career of Tyson Fury. Todd had a lot of answers. He also posed us a few questions. He's a tough kid who does hide the chin very well. Right. He keeps his hands up and his chin in. And so it's going to be a tough one for Shakur to get to. So when you talk about like, hey, I predict some type of decision or a decision, I think largely what you're looking at is, you know, Shakur breaks you down. He's going to really have to use the body and then try to rip some uppercuts in there to get to the chin. But, you know, Shakur is as brilliant as any fighter there is in the world. Just how good do you think Shakur is going to be at lightweight? I mean, it's a stacked division, isn't it? And he's... You know, potentially, we were talking about this. We think that Shakur will be, pound for pound, the best fighter in the world in the next 12 months or so. I mean, he's a super talented kid. How effective do you think he'll be at lightweight? I think, you know, you you have the lightweight guys that are kind of transitioning too, right? You you have some guys that are bigger, that are going up to 40. Um, you have, obviously, Loma and Haney happening in May. Um, Haney's a very big lightweight. Uh, so, I, Shakur just... You know, he kind of meets the division and dominates when he steps in it from featherweight to super featherweight at 130, you know, and he's got a big frame. Um, I think he I don't I I think he has no problem with anybody at 135 um, and probably can fight as high as 140 because of his frame. And he has amazing IQ. So he has all the skill sets um, very, very similar to like the Mayweather and Andre Ward-esque period. Um. We've got a lot to get through to ask you tonight, Todd, because uh, you haven't been on for a few weeks. Um, you mentioned Devin Haney and Vasil Lomachenko. Um, huge fight. And is this the beginning with Tank Davis and um, Ryan Garcia going into the ring as well soon? And as we say, Shaka fighting at lightweight now as well. Is this the beginning for you of an era of what we could call the Five Kings? You know, people say that all the time, you know, it's like, you know, like they've been talking about this for this, this division referring to them. I don't know if it was five or four. Or, I mean, I think Tia Fimo was down there at the 35 when they were ripping this around uh, 18 months ago, right around pre-COVID or around COVID. You know, my, my opinion is, is I think that's what we have to do, right? I think it's a necessity to put these guys in, put these guys into to really marketable fights that people want to see. They're so skilled. They're in the same weight classes. And then you have guys like Keyshawn Davis that are mm. right there nipping on everybody's heels. Um, and I think that it's on all of us to make those matches. 
Um, I think it's the it's the it's the way that Hearns, Hagler, Leonard, and Duran all made it right. Was they all fought each other? So I think it's it's the way we should be doing it this um, in this division. You mentioned two words there that I'm going to segue for fights being made and the word Hearns, but I'm going to say Eddie Hearn. Um, I didn't. I didn't mention. I didn't mention Eddie Hearn. So no. I just wanted to let you know. <laughs> um, Eddie Hearn, Anthony yes. Joshua, Tyson mm-hmm. Fury. There's a school of thought after last weekend that Anthony Joshua should get in there with Tyson Fury before it becomes too late. People are sighing as they hear this, but the fight's been on and off two or three times. Are there any talks going on since Joshua's victory to try and get this fight over the line this summer? You know, I I can't personally say that I know of talks because I've been obviously traveling around the world a bit. Um, So, you know, there are talks all the time. And usually the, the talks that I see about are on Twitter. Um, <laughs> which is kind of nonsense for this sport, but it kind of me- means where all the chatter is. Um, but obviously, you know, the, um, the, the Warrens and the Hearns and Bob and myself and our teams obviously really loved this fight when we were trying to do it, uh, before we did ended up with the Chisora fight back in December, thought the timing was right. I think the timing is always right for these guys. Yeah. I think the sooner, the better. They have big fan bases. They're so they're iconic heavyweights coming from the UK. I just think that you know it's it's the time to do it, and it's always and it will always be a time to do it. But let's not let it be too late. Uh, and also, we don't want it to happen. You know, you guys are involved with Manny Pacquiao and Floyd Mayweather, and I know it grossed six hundred million US dollars, and it was an amazing event to be involved in. But it would be horrible. If we are talking in four years' time about finally getting a Fury and Joshua fight on, or a Fury and Joe Joyce mm. fight on, or a Fury and Usyk fight on, because something was missing from that Pacquiao Mayweather fight, because it was probably six years too late. I, I agree, and that's why that's why I just said, I mean, let's get this done sooner rather than later, right? Jo- and I and I and I and I really believe, you know, yeah. and I think you know, I think we're all going through an exercise right now. Um, I really believe, you know, devaluing the loss. I think the loss has been like it was so valued in boxing for so long um, where people thought you couldn't lose or yeah. you lost your payday. You lost your put the, a blemish on your record. You're not as good as me. I deserve more because I don't have a loss. And I think Dana and UFC did a great job of of getting changing that mindset. You have guys that have lost three times and they're heading headlining main events. Um, I think. We need to get guys to take those fights. And I think you're seeing that as these fights are getting made, like Tank and Ryan getting made and like um, Loma and Haney getting made and getting very close to a Scottish guy and a New York brash kid getting made, hopefully announced soon. Um, Josh Taylor and Teofimo big... Lopez. You well, I, well, I didn't say anything. I no, just I was did. referring. <laughs> all right, all right, all right. I was... I was I was instructed to avoid this this question, okay, so I, I was alluded to something. Okay. Um, so that's how I look at it. I mean, I think we got to get these matches done. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it just it's you know we're you know we were able when you target really good fights and you're able to deliver them to the people, they love it, and it just feeds the sport over and over. 
You've been listening to the TalkSport Fight Night podcast. I'm Gareth Davis. My thanks to all our guests and to Spencer Oliver for joining me in the studio. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and also subscribe to our TalkSport Boxing YouTube channel. Enjoy all the shows. We'll see you next time. That's the sound of another sale on Shopify. In store. Shopify POS is everything you need to sell in person. From payments to inventory, Shopify unites your sales into one commerce platform. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash retail 23. Shopify.com slash retail 23. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.